We're on the road with Created Equal. This week we're going to college campuses in Florida. We'll talk to college students about abortion. Then we'll come back here to talk about our conversations. Come debrief with us. Hello, my name is Maggie and I'm here with Seth. Hello, hello. And still on the bus. Yes, still it's on the loud. bus. Sorry about that. So maybe you listened to the episode from last week, which we just recorded like two well, minutes ago. Two, yeah, we finished recording about two minutes ago. <laughs> um, and we have Zane with us. Hey, Zane. What's up, guys? Welcome back. Hey. Zane's an old friend. Yes, <laughs> an old friend. Crazy As cool. in you intern. were an intern mm-hmm. and you also came on the Justice Ride last year. That's right. Um, your second Justice Ride? Second, yeah. Really? Okay, yeah. all right. He's experienced. Yep, there it is. <laughs> he he's like seems like he's been doing this forever. Yeah. Um, I have to say, I have a soft place in my heart for Zane. Oh, this is cute. Why? He has red hair. Oh, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true right now. We got to stick together. I was by red-haired people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, Zane has something something unique about his red hairness, and that is that you would not know his true nationality by looking at his red hair, right? Oh, yes. Zane, tell us your secret. Okay, so despite my pale skin <laughs> and penny-colored hair, I am part Lebanese. That is pretty cool. Are you Lebanese, wow. Maggie? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> you can't see this, of course, because it's a podcast, but yeah. there's a lot of red hair here. Uh, Google us. Just kidding. We're not going to be there. Okay. Um, so, Zane, this is your second Justice Ride, as we have just mm-hmm. established. Uh, how did this week compare to last year? This week was a lot better yeah. than last year's oh, good. in so many ways. I think, first of all, was just the sheer volume of conversations I was able to have with students um, really blew last year's out. Um, last year, I would get about maybe two to four conversations a day. The first day I only had one, but this week it was like five, six, eight, and then a few a few more to close out today. Was it so. different, like there were more people to talk to or more people just willing to stop? Like, was there actually more students on campus or more willing, you think? Um, I think it was, it was the latter, that more students were willing mm. to talk. Um, I was texting my brother the other day that I even had people waiting in line. What? Waiting in line. Take a number, I'll talk to you in a minute. Yeah, (laughs) it was so awesome. So I was like, wow, praise God. That was just really cool. That's super cool. (laughs) Popular. Yeah. (laughs) We are popular up on campus. Everyone's talking to the pro-life people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Especially, well, (laughs) where we were today. It was a little crazy. Yeah, it was. Uh, Mm -hmm. Well, that's really cool, though. So, I mean, I had chalked up a little bit to, you know, last year we were still emerging from the COVID era, right? And students were coming back to campus. So it seemed busier to me this year. But that's really cool that busier doesn't always translate into more conversations. But for you, it was actually legitimately more conversations. Oh, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've never had people waiting in line for me, I don't think. That's (laughs) really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Were there any particularly crazy things that happened or crazy things you heard? Um, I actually had a lot of just pretty basic level conversations. Um, There are some things that I heard that definitely stand out, though. Um, The... The one big thing that was it in my mind is just how some people will personally agree with us, but they just they don't make the link to how that translates to other people. So one of the really amazing things, amazing in sort of a negative way, but also a positive way this week, was a woman said that um, she would rather die than have an abortion. Wow. But she wouldn't tell anybody else what to do. 
Oh, wow. Wow, that's quite the contrast. Yeah, so she felt so strongly that she wouldn't do it to her own child, but other people can do whatever. I just... What did you say to her? Um, I was... I tried to just... I honestly don't remember specifically, but I just tried to say, like, well, everybody matters, and I, I tell people that I know it's not, like, fun to, like, lecture people on what they should do. Yeah. But we're talking about human lives here and we we can't we can't be passive about what other people are doing when it's hurting other people that's so well said right and it doesn't make sense that if i mean i would die for my children right i get that Mm -hmm. um but because not because i just like them it's not like um i don't know my favorite movie or something like that i just have something home i really care about but i know they really as you said have inherent value but if i should care for my children that translates to other parents too every parent should care for their children it just doesn't make sense to say i would i wouldn't have an abortion but you can't have an abortion that doesn't make sense absolutely but so that was um maybe one of the i don't know maybe not just like crazy things what about did you see like some crazy i don't know protester signs or slogans this week anything like you know that you've seen a million times zane but like maybe some of our listeners have not seen those things a lot um one of the things actually this was university of central florida there was a student near me with a really small sign, like just kind of like a co- sheet of copy paper. Oh, I saw this. And he, <laughs> wrote, he wrote, abortion is swag <laughs> on the... Swag. Like, I am I feel like I'm with it. I don't know what that means. I was going to say, you have to define this for yeah. our listeners who might not know. <laughs> um, swag has become a really ambiguous term, so I might, it's like fascism. Like, nobody knows what the word means. Um <laughs> Or a woman, right? But what is a woman? <laughs> he, he was standing pretty close by. Um, I asked him why he supported abortion, and he just kind of silently showed me his sign. And so, no idea why he was out there, but it was just, it made no sense. And, I, yeah, um, I don't understand. I heard that he took the sign and improved it because it was so hard to yes. read. He, like, rewrote on it again, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Because I saw so the funny. picture, and I thought... I wouldn't call that sign swag. I get his message right. Um, I kind of get his message. Yeah, it was written it was like, like a, with a, a, a simple ballpoint pen. But let's just let's like <laughs> recontextualize this for people. So, I, being a millennial, I grew up. I, they would say abortion is cool. I suppose, right? My parents yeah. would say abortion is groovy or or something like that. <laughs> That's basically what it means, right? Abortion is cool. I think so. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, he was also talking to one of our other justice riders, Anara, or she was trying to talk to him. And I overheard a little bit of it, and he just kept saying, it's swag. It's swag. abortion swag. It's just swag. And he would not, he did not want to engage in a real yeah. conversation. Yeah. Did you, have you heard that Zane where protesters say, like, I'm not here to engage you? But they clearly have a sign that is engaging, right? Like, it's interesting to me. Yeah, I've kind of had, it, you see this more sort of when you're just talking about any, anything, really. And they get to a point where they run out of things to say, and they're like, well, I'm not going to argue with you about it. And <laughs> they just kind of drop the point and move on to something else. So, yeah. yeah, it's a pretty pretty common thing. No one likes continuing a conversation that you're not really winning. So. Yeah, it's like they right. want to be there to stand up for their position, but they don't really want to talk about it. Well, yeah, we just talked about this. So we're debriefing now with Zane, but we just had our big bus debrief, and um, was it... 
Silas, I can't remember, yeah, the Silas was talking to the team and saying how he's noticed, and I've noticed this too, that pro-choice people who are out there are not really there to change minds, to reach people and change their hearts and minds. They're there to find other pro-choice people and coalesce power. They're not there to, well, we're, our goal is to go there to change people, to reach them, to see them move from being pro-choice to pro-life. They don't seem to be interested in that at all, that kind of change. It makes you wonder why. Well, Zane, what do you think, former intern, why would they not be out there to change hearts and minds? Well, I was just telling um, a young woman today that she was just kind of observing the protest and commenting on it. And I said, I think that the reason they're out there is they've kind of become wrapped up in themselves a little bit because a lot of arguments you hear from the pro-choice side, like the classic, my body, my choice, it's about me, it's about my. So... I guess they think they look good. Maybe it's sort of like a, a self-fulfilling validation that, oh, well, I'm, I'm doing something good. And I saw a video the other day where someone was calling out pro-choice people for this, that they, they have a, it's, it's, it's about being accepted by society rather than, um, at, and, and at no cost to them, right? Because they aren't at risk of being aborted because they're already born totally. adults. And so... I think those are some big contributing factors. Um, overall, I guess I'll never really, un- I'll never really know because you can't search their minds. But that's kind of just what comes to mind when I think about those people. Yeah, good reflection. Uh, Zane, can you think of any ways that you grew this week, either just from the beginning of the week to the end, even though you've done this before, or um, ways that you improved this year from last year? Yeah, I think. Uh, I think my confidence really grew a lot in this um you know I kind of heard the whole spectrum of argumentation this week and just you know when when you hear yourself piecing together what what I learned over the summer you know what I've learned before then on the last justice ride being able to pull everything from my collective experience together and not proving to myself, but I guess just figuring out like, okay, I can, I can do this. I have an answer for everything. I can articulate this well, I hope. Um, I, yeah, I just think I grew in my confidence and assuredness and the position and my ability to articulate it. Yeah, that's so cool. I think that it's, it can be a, oh, we were talking to a couple of first time writers uh, on last episode and we are discussing how intimidating it can be to go up and talk to college students, particularly when you're 14 or 15, like they were their first justice, right? And you're not 14 or 15, Zane, we know that. But still, like, it can be intimidating walking up to people you don't know and talking about abortion. Mm-hmm. But now that you've heard probably every argument there is, and not that every conversation is still unique, but now you have the confidence, you can kind of just slide into almost any dialogue, right, about it and figure your way through, right? It's the art of navigating dialogue that doesn't come easy, but we do eventually learn it. And, I mean, I think we're all still learning, but it's cool to have that confidence. But what would you say to someone who thinks like they don't have that yet? How do they get that confidence? Well, just uh, obviously you don't want to have blind confidence. Um, the, the difference between being confident and arrogant or just falsely assured is when you're confident in something, it's because you are completely assured of it. You, and, the, and the way you reach that in, in our case is... You know, you have that training. You go through everything. Um, find find questions that people have and figure out what the truth is, what the answer is, before you encounter that, you know, on a campus or downtown area, high school, wherever we go. 
if you can find that out and you get that confidence, you you can't you, you will you'll, you'll just be a lot more assured of the position, and then you. As for the aspect of talking to strangers, you just have to do it. Yeah. You just have to do it. Totally. So, yeah. There's really no way to practice. You just got to go, right? Yeah. That's kind of what I was saying in our last episode that we just recorded. You just have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you got to start. Right. Yeah. Um, what is one conversation or a couple maybe um, that you that sticks out to you from the week? Um, there was one that I had with a guy at the University of Southern Florida, which really stood out. Um, and the thing that stood out about it was not necessarily most of the content of the conversation because it was, you know, nothing new, all stuff I had heard before. Um, but what really stood out is how the, this man said that he was he enjoyed the conversation so much. He thought it was good, healthy, and so productive that he's going to do his own research, which is what we want students yeah. to do. And then he's going to, he, he said he can't wait for us to come back next year so he can talk to us again. We don't hear that a lot. <laughs> right. So cool. Leave my campus and never come back. <laughs> right. That guy's excited. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. I think it's, um, well, you know, we love seeing people in the moment say that they've changed their minds and not for life, right? But really, the we want people to change for real and not like be a pie crust conversion, like, yeah, I'm for life and whatever. But to really, that guy committing to going and doing more research, that's really cool because that means mm-hmm. he's on the path of coming to long-lasting, authentic change. That's really exciting, I think. On a different note, Zane, um, what about your experience this week on the team, right? So, I mean, you were on the first Justice Ride, then you were on the internship, very different experience. This trip, what's the community been like? Some people listening, like, they'll want to come for learning talk about abortion, but there's also the whole, like, experience on the Justice Ride that people don't often Mm -hmm. think about. Can you comment on the community? Yeah, the, the friendships that I've built through working with Created Equal on the internship and on the Justice Ride, it's 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 one of those experiences where it, it not, I'm not, I don't want to say forces because that's a negative word, but it, it really draws people together because that's what adversity does. That's one of the good things that comes out of dealing with adversity is you get a lot closer to people really fast. It's kind of like um, how soldiers in combat become you know close as brothers instantly just because of that combat and we're not going through as intense things as they are but i think it's 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 a a lower on a lower scale it's similar that you know we're out here we're standing for a cause that we really believe in passionately and being on the same side and hearing the same things and being able to you know discuss that rant to each other a lot i think that's that's a really unifying thing and when there's a lot of unity and a lot of adversity, you're going to come together and have just great relationships. I totally agree, right? Like, it's it's fun to celebrate the victories together. That's really cool on the trip when we see people change their minds or whatever. That's exciting. But even the really hard days, you're exactly right. Our team, it's hard emotionally to experience, but you can tell they're united. They feel this new unity as of the brotherhood or sisterhood, right, <laughs> in Maggie's case. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but, yeah, I agree that is a unifying thing, and that's, I think, one of the coolest things I find about the Justice Ride. Honestly, first two days of this Justice Ride, confession, right? I kind of thought, oh, I miss the old Justice Ride. Like, I, I'm not every year, though, I think, like, this trip's not as good as last trip because I miss the old riders, but then three days in, I actually like this team. They're my favorite team, right? It's always <laughs> that way. So there's just something about being on the road together, facing what we face together, that makes it a unique family. So we are on the Justice Ride, but you also came on the summer internship this past summer. It's not this summer. 
the days are flying. Um, what would you say to uh, get someone to know that they have to do the internship? Well, the internship was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. It's two months. Um, you have a really close bond with the team. It's it's another level than what the Justice Ride is because it's it's eight weeks. It's a small team compared to what the Justice Ride is. Um, so those relationships are so valuable. Um, it's really part of what gave me the confidence that I have now that I mentioned earlier is that that training is, is something that it's not many places offer training quite like what we get. And um, a bunch of fascinating guest speakers like former abortionists, you know, women who have gone through abortions and just different, uh, different people. Um, Tom Short will always be one of my favorite uh, nice guest speakers um i've read his book multiple times loved hearing from him and just you know staying in the movement you're still engaging there's still conversations to be had um and just the the experience of going on the road trip to dc last summer was that was a, a another great experience um and last year we had roe versus wade overturned Amazing. Ooh. And so we'll get a full internship in post America. So it is really important that people join the internship this year uh, because there's some pretty ominous bills coming up yeah. mm-hmm. uh, that we heard about. And so it's, this is an important time to continue in the fight. So for yeah. anybody out there, Come. don't stop now. Don't pause right. now. This this is the year to do the internship. Amen right to that. Yes. That's perfect. Yeah, Roe is dead, but there's still lots of work to be done. So. Yeah, if states like ours are trying to make it legal throughout nine months, so we've got to be got to be out there. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Well, Zane, this has been a great episode. Thank you so much for coming on the Justice Ride and also for joining us on this podcast. We do really appreciate it. Thanks for bringing your red hair to Maggie's party. Yes, <laughs> makes me happy yeah. in my head. <laughs> <laughs> on your head, too. <laughs> <laughs> I just did a little hair flip, but you can't see that because we're listening. Okay. Um, anyway, thank you so much. And thank you, listeners, for debriefing with us.